Welcome to Being Humankind, with your hosts Brian, Mike, and Neely. We explore what it means to be human in a time of disconnection. If you could have lunch with anyone, past or present, who would it be? Past or present? Well, you know, there's a, the, the, the filmmakers that have inspired me, like Martin Scorsese, Steven Spielberg, you know, John Cassavetes, who's not around anymore, Billy Wilder, like, you know, Charlie Chaplin. These are, these are people I would like to not only just meet, well, meet them because of what, how they've inspired me, but also because of, of, the, of the way they've pushed the moving image and storytelling uh, forward and kind of picking their brain and understanding what that, what that really was like, like the, 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 the obstacles that they had to go through in being um, front runners, if you will, in creating something out of nothing. And I think that that, especially those early filmmakers, right? Because if you look and look at their work, I mean, it's like mind boggling that they were able to figure it out without anything to look back on, right? Like to really get, especially like the comedic filmmakers like Charlie Chaplin, Buster Keaton, like without previous films to look at or a book to read or a class to take, they were just vaudeville actors. And they said, well, let's put the camera here, shoot it, building falling, I go through the window. Like that to me is, it's a stroke of genius. And, that, and that's something that I would like to understand from a, from, from a perspective of never seen it, having seen it before, being pioneers, if you will. Um, and on the list, there's uh, I think, I don't, I don't, like there's, there's many people I'd like to meet, but nobody in particular I say, ah, oh, if I meet this person, I would, it would be the end of it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have to meet anybody else. I think that there's, you know, Julio Cesar Chavez, a Latino human rights activist from Texas and Southern California, like that, that I've studied his work and I've been interested in him. But then I've also, I was just reading a book on one of the first outlaws that was a Mexican named Tiburcio Vasquez. And I go, wow, like meeting this guy would be interesting because he was like this Robin Hood-esque character back in the wild west that nobody really talks about. Nobody knows in the history books but he was this like hardcore Mexican bandit, right? Um, but, but I mean, and obviously like Jack Kerouac, I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, Mr. Jack Kerouac would be definitely on the top of the list to just get the essence of that soul and that spirit, you know? I remember going to Lowell to, uh, what was it the anniversary the they had a what what do you have out there mike the do they still have it the jack kerouac like retreat no they don't i don't know it was around it was around his birthday and we went out there and i met sampas his brother-in-law um which i didn't know it was his brother-in-law until after he had left and we looked him up uh but he was he was wearing a Kerouac, one of kerouac's belts he was telling us 
And I was like, oh, that's so interesting, right? Like to have a piece of clothing that one of like your, uh, your literary idols, like Heming, can you imagine owning a flannel that Hemingway wore? Boots that Hemingway went hunting on? Like, that's crazy. Like to me, I, then it got me in love with that idea of collecting artifacts from these individuals because then it's, it's you know, something that some, some, some flannel shirt that Kerouac just vomited on that he didn't care about, you know, from the Goodwill. Now you're like, oh, smell. So you're like, what is that? That backpack, right? I think they had the backpack at the Lowell Museum of his travels. Like, wow, to wear that just to get a sense of what he was going through as he crossed the United States of America and meeting these characters. Like, I mean, so that essence of that individual and meeting them, of course, would be one for me that I would, that I would appreciate highly but it wouldn't probably be the end all be all. And I think we, we, we meet them not just through their writing, right? But by visiting those places that they once lived in and haunted. And you start to get a sense of who they, who they are and the kind of spirit that they were in their travels and what they were writing about and how different it was for him to go to San Francisco for the first time in the early fifties and meet those characters and then travel down to Big Sur like that, that would be an interesting discussion to have with him. So yeah, those are those are the several that I would want to meet, but not one hardcore individual. So you couldn't put uh, your finger on one for one lunch tomorrow afternoon? Yeah, well, Jack Kerouac, if you put a gun in my head. <laughs> and you know what? I could be symbolic and be like, well, you know, I never met my grandfather on both sides of my family. And I've always, my, my, my grandfather on my dad's side was murdered. So this, so it's interesting to hear my dad's side of the story on that because my dad was like a 17, 18 years old when this happened. And my dad was the one that found him out in a field and and then hearing my mom's side of the story where it's like, well, supposedly your grandfather murdered some other guy and this was revenge. I'm like, what? I'm like, that's like a movie right there. Like, so, so in, high, in thinking about this question again, see, the more time I have to think about it, I could get more, it, it gets more pers more rich, I think, with the idea if I were to able, to, if I were able to meet my grandfather and sit with him and have dinner and kind of assess the bloodline that I come from that I've never met before, and understanding those stories about him or, he, or knowing those stories about him, I think it would make an interesting dinner conversation, right? Okay. Yeah. So, all right. So I'll be, I'll, I'll be a good family man and say my grandfather. So that's interesting. Um, we've been, ever since we had, we had a, the priest on who it popped up with movies and we were talking about Coco. I, I don't know if you, if you've seen the Disney movie, oh, Coco. Yeah, I've heard of it. I have not seen it and I want to see it. Um, it's, it's hugely symbolic and I just got Mike to watch it nearly still slow, but yeah. <laughs> um, essentially it, it's based on the day of the dead. Yeah. And once you start, once somebody that's passed over is no longer remembered then they're gone forever um now you you had mentioned having a mexican-american background is that something your family would celebrate or oh uh, yeah the day of the dead 
Yeah, yeah. It's cultural. It's they November first. Yeah, they always they go to the cemeteries. I mean, many dress up. They do it here in L.A. They go to the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. It's actually a whole weekend, and they dress they dress up. They paint their faces, kind of like the cartoon does. Yeah, they do. They dress up the the gravestones also. Like if you have relatives there, like you walk by. So it's like a big, like almost like a flea market, but not. But it's for the November first Day of the Dead celebration of honoring or not forgetting you know your 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 dead relatives and friends and it's a big deal in the in the latin community death is a big deal in the latin community for some well religious reason i guess but that's but yeah i mean i i whenever i've gone to funerals in mexico it's like they pray for nine days they have the body out for two, three days. Everybody walks to the cemetery in this little town that my parents are from. Like it's a, it's, it's a big deal. And even I would even joke with my mom. I'm like, mom, when you go, is this how you want it? Nine days of people wailing and praying, and it's and she just shrugs her shoulders like, yeah, this is what it is. <laughs> this is how we're supposed to go. Like, what are you gonna? Do? I'm like, wow, that's like. And then a year later, you come back and do it for like five days. And if you don't come back a year later, it really shows how little disregard you had for that relative of yours, especially if it was like a mother, father, brother, sister, you know, a grandparent. Like, it's interesting. It's really interesting. But anyway, what we you were going about the movie? Well, that, that's kind of where I was going. I mean, it, it just the culture is fascinating, you know, in, in the variations of tradition, I guess. So it just popped in my head that you being our first Mexican-American guest, that I would throw it out there and see if that was something your family did. And yeah, they do. So the movie's right. <laughs> yeah, the movie's right. I just saw Onward, and it also kind of deals with grief and loss mm. and bringing back the dead in a more um, magical you know, level. Have you guys seen that one? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Got so a four-year-old, so I've seen them all. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> that one it was good it was great i don't think it was great but it was good that's good yeah it was it was okay um another good one is soul i don't know if you've seen soul. I, it's on my I, on my queue to watch it yeah i gotta see it that's a really i've heard a lot of good things i saw better uh-oh brian you froze he froze yeah. <laughs> Oh, do you have the Disney Plus app, Ryan? I do. Uh, they have, they have a behind the scenes with the 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 writer of that, and it's interesting to hear him talk about it and his process as as to writing it. If you get a chance, watch it. Watch his behind the scenes, like three minutes. But I thought, wow, like I definitely want to see it now. But that's also about death. Damn, Disney's like all about dying. Yeah, it's in time for. The pandemic. <laughs> I know, right? Like, might as well, might as well, might as well prepare you for loss, kids, because this is the reality. It's, it's interesting to see how the, there's so many variations in how the cultures do it. <laughs> now they've made it so it's you're educating kids essentially without them even knowing it, right? You become accustomed to, you know, the Mexican culture by watching Coco, and it just it's a positive to me really sure i think you know i think yeah and i think culturally they it is a they make it even though like 
for the day of the dead, they're dressed like they paint themselves like skeletons and things like that. It's supposed to be meant as a positive thing. And at first I was always questioning, I was like, isn't that scary? Like, why, why do you want to scare people when they're, when, when I, I've, uh, I've always felt that grief was a very private thing and to celebrate it was very awkward as I was growing up. But the more I learned about it, the more I appreciated the fact that there was no shame in celebrating the life of others that have left you. And that's what I do when, when somebody passes away, especially in the lodge, right? Like it's really a celebration of their lives and not this sullen, you know, depressing, let's all sit and wail about some individual. Let's have us a good cry about what a great human being we were able to be in contact with for this finite time that we we are alive on this planet and celebrate that you know absolutely i guess maybe that's tied up in the fact that you that you want to come back like that they allegedly will come back during that time period so like who's gonna want to come back if you're all hanging out being sad right like exactly (laughs) that's one way to look at it (laughs) let's celebrate you so you're like you know Unless you don't like, well, if you don't like the individual, you're just not going to even be around, right? But it's, it's interesting. It's interesting how different cultures celebrate it. And even in masonry, the way we deal with it. So it's cool. It's a, an understanding of it and not a fear of it. Like many people, I mean, nobody wants to die, but I think the more open you are, to, to the fact that you are and while and and that should motivate you to live the best life that you could live right that should motivate knowing that you're only here for if you're lucky 100 years that's not a lot of time right maybe when we were kids it felt like a lot of time but now that we hit our 40s soon 50s then we're like oh not a lot of time it's a lot of a lot more work than just to get done Will I get it done? 